0: Hello and welcome to my podcast. I have another packed show for you today. Nick Sunberg is going to join me to talk about how he became a good long snapper, what he had to give up when he was a kid, and the coach who helped him do it and how. And what the heck do specialists talk about during practice. And then linebacker John Bostic joins me. Why he feels in a good spot here. Why does he view his play, having played for multiple teams in recent years a positive? And then it's me talking about the Redskins roster after the final cuts. So now I have Nick Sundberg here. And I wanted to have Nick on because we had a conversation this spring when I was doing the story in the LOL program. And for those of you who don't know about what Nick does there, first of all, you should know because it's been out there, right? But the other thing is Google it. Go check out what he and his wife start, help start in the Washington area and see what you can do to help out there. So Nick, I'm going to bring you on on that. But I want to talk about the long snapping. And the reason I want to talk about that is to go back to the story. I was telling you how my father-in-law or step-in-law lives out in Lake Havasu. And I figured you're from Arizona. You probably been there. And then you told me you hadn't been. And t- just kind of let's this is what it takes to be a long snapper. So why had you never visited this place?
1: Well, yeah, <clears throat> I'm not sure if it's just, you know, long snapper or, you know. Dedication. Kind of, yeah, the dedication it takes to, to make it this far, I guess. But uh, um, I had a, an offensive defensive line coach in high school that took long snapping very seriously. And uh, so we would lift. He was a construction worker. So we would lift every day at 530 in the off seasons. You know, spring and summer, and then we would snap at six thirty when we got done lifting. And uh, he was the type of guy that, depending on where his site was, you know, sometimes he would show up at six fifteen, six thirty mm-hmm. because he had a long drive through traffic, that sort of stuff. And the later he was, you knew the more pissed he was going to be, and that's how <laughs> the, the the lift was going to go. Right, you know, it's just going to be wall sits for an hour. Um, but he was very hard on us when it came to showing up. Uh, we didn't have an option, so. It was either show up every day or don't ever show up again. Um, I remember one time my family was going down to Mexico, uh, just Rocky Point's like a four hour drive from Phoenix, and I was going to miss a Friday because we we're going to leave Thursday night. And uh, so I talked to him on Monday Hey, coach, I'm not going to be here on Friday. And, you know, my family's, it's June, mm-hmm. right? Right. Uh, my family's going down to Mexico. He said, Okay, that's fine. Just don't come back on Monday said what <laughs> you know like is it he said if you don't show up every day you're not welcome back said, okay then I'm not going to Mexico and so I didn't go I came I went to lifting and snapping on Friday night at 5 30 6 30 and uh I just ended up having to skip every vacation after that when friends were going up to Havasu like you said or going up to the Grand Canyon or <clears throat> or wherever it may have been I just knew I wasn't able to go
0: do you know at the time like what you're attempting to do? I mean, because at the you know now you can look back and say, hey, this is why I'm in the NFL, or at least partially because your way you worked at the time. What are you trying to get out of that? Um, well, I mean,
1: it was high school football at the time, so it was like the most important thing there in the world, right. right? And when you're going through it, you think it's the the most competitive. <laughs> right. <laughs> like yeah. this is it, um and I wanted to play. I wanted to be a good high school football player. Um, I didn't know where long snapping was going to take me until um, after my junior season. We had a couple guys from other schools that he had coached at before come in and work with us that season, that summer. And uh, one of them was a gentleman named Joe Maese, who was a snapper for the Ravens at okay. the time. And Joe grew up in Phoenix too, and was one of Coach Bernard's guys. And so Joe would come and train with us. And <clears throat> I remember snapping next to Joe, and my coach coming up and saying. You see a very big difference? And I said, no. He said, me neither. Hmm. He said, keep doing what you're doing. I was like, oh gosh, you know, like that's crazy. I was, you know, going in, going into my senior year of high school. So, um, it was just kind of one of those things that like, because he was so, uh, so strict with us, but at the same time would say stuff like that. I knew that I was kind of going in the right direction
0: to last this long and you've had to last two injuries you know that's hard for a long snapper to do usually guys long snapper gets hurt they're out of here someone else is coming in why when you look at what you can do why have you basically overcome a lot of that why are you basically why have you lasted so long do you think
1: uh i think it's a combination of a couple things but you know i think if you look back at some of my injuries they're kind of a couple are kind of freak things, right? Like Absolutely. My when I broke, yeah. I broke my arm in a game. Um, my meniscus flipped over. That was a weird one. And then you know the back surgery last year is not an, uh, a typical thing. It's right. not like I've had a you know a
0: nagging hamstring. That no, but you know how na- like it's the 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 margin could be so small. Sure. in Your position that.
1: Um, but I think you know that was one of the reasons that in two thousand you know February of two thousand ten when I had the option when Washington called and said they wanted me to, to sign a futures deal that I felt really good about coming here because of how long Ethan played here yeah. Okay. and the way that they treated older long snappers, right? So there, that was something that I was looking at when I okay. was trying to find a team. So there are some teams that keep guys into their 15th, 16 17th year, and then there are other teams that keep guys for four years and, get a go, and then go get a rookie, right? So um, Washington wasn't that team that was just going through snappers all the time, and I knew that they felt uh, – or they had some – i don't want to say uh i'm not sure what the word is but they they were okay with having an older guy right? right so for the consistency or whatever whatever word you want to use there um but you know i think me and tress and hop have developed a, a really good rapport together and we work really well together and uh, i think the team the coaching staff and sure. the front office see that
0: too. i mean you can see it but it's like you know it's it's not easy to do to do what you do, how? What do you have to do in the off seasons to stay sharp? Because you know you can look around, the game changes here, here, and here. But for you, it's you got to be a good snapper. But how do you maintain that? What do you, are you doing? The same, taking the same approach from high school and the off seasons, or what are you doing?
1: So this off season was a little different because of the surgery. Because the surgery, right? but typically, um, we, my wife and I head back to Phoenix, and I'll take about two weeks off from the gym. Uh, after about two weeks, I'll start lifting with Coach Bernard. He trains a bunch of young – he's re- since retired from high school coaching, but still trains a bunch of young long snappers, okay. and so they lift every day at five. Uh, so I'll go lift with them for about two weeks. I st- you know, so I try and say don't snap for a month, and then I usually don't make it that long. But, <laughs> um, sometime within that first two-week period of being in the, in the weight room, I'll start showing up to, to snapping with the guys. At, he's got a, a high school down the road from the gym that we work out at, um, that lets us use their gyms, and uh, he's got anywhere from sixteen to twenty-five guys in there, depending on the time of year, with college kids coming in that sort of thing. And because shoot, I think he's had almost ninety kids get wow. full rides to snap out of Phoenix. So,
0: have you done anything different, like over the years? To have you like, because how much has it changed for you? It may be a subtle thing, but have you changed things? Not
1: crazy. So my you know my grip is still the same and all that. Um, the, generally it, the things that changes are when you have like a coaching change okay. and so you what they expect out of you is a little bit different like what are they looking for more in coverage so, all right, i need okay. to get in better shape um or are they looking for more in protection all right i want to be a little stronger or you know that sort of thing okay. But the snapping itself stays the same
0: what do you have a favorite besides the snaps a favorite special teams play that you've made Cause Ever? You, you, yeah, because you've been down in coverage a few times. I mean, even more than a few times. You've gotten some play. <laughs> what's what's your favorite? Um,
1: I had a two-tackle game. Actually, it's funny. the timing. A two-tackle two game against Atlanta a few years ago. Uh, that was pretty fun. I had a, a pretty big hit on Eric Williams in that game
0: you like how do you how's that if you're cause, you know you get a chance to go do something else
1: it just happened totally i mean it, it was like the red sea parted and it was me and i it, it was total luck <laughs> Do did you, replay,
0: you have them replay that in the meetings no 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 <laughs> that was too long ago why don't you and hop and Tress have your own podcast
1: that's a good question um i think we want to leave it to you professionals <laughs> but and you guys be i fun. love being a guest uh, it's one of those things that we just kind of, we've talked about it a couple times, but we've never actually sat down and said, hey, we're going to do this.
0: What would you guys want to talk about if you were on there?
1: See, that's the thing, right? Um, I'm not really sure. I don't know what people would want to hear from us. Uh, Have you heard of Will Comptons?
0: Yes. I think they want to hear anything. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, you know right? what I mean? Yeah. So
1: um, Maybe someday. Maybe someday. Who would be
0: of that group? Who would be the one that would lead it? Who would be the guy that would be... The, the jokester
1: of that uh Tress would lead it I mean if you listen to to JP's, JP's the yeah. other day Hop was <laughs> yeah. Hop was joking around a lot I mean I guess we all were but he was he was it's throwing usually, some zingers in there usually like that yeah yeah he's a he's a bit of a jokester that would probably be him I'm uh I tend to get a little more, little more serious than those two, but I try and keep it light.
0: But that when you're with, but when you're with them, it's right. hard to right. Like what's serious for you three? You know, right. what I mean, I, don't, I can't imagine. I,
1: I can't even answer that question.
0: What's your? The other thing is what I always liked with a specialist, because you guys can't do everything every practice. You're going to have some downtime more than everybody else. I remember walking by when Danny Smith would be here, walking by a specialist and hearing the conversations and talking about Popeye's chicken and this and that. Do you have a favorite conversation from practice that you guys got into? It's like, oh, we're at practice and we're talking about
1: it. Uh, actually, that happens all the time, and it's really funny. Uh, Hop will, some one of us will say something and he'll go, dang it. See, this is why we, we need to be mic'd up for every practice. <laughs> and, and he's like, where's NFL films when we need them? You know, like what I think uh, – it was early in during OTAs and in February. Tress and Tress and a buddy of his had taken their wives up to New York for uh, Valentine's Day and went and saw I think three or four Broadway shows. And we were sitting there talking about <laughs> Hamilton, and you know, you look over and the guys are dying, and it's <laughs> it's like, oh God, if they only knew what we were talking about, <laughs> you know, it's like oh, about <laughs> Hamilton, Wicked, and you know, talking about the Book of Mormon and stuff like that. It was super funny. <laughs> Uh, but st- random stuff like that happens all the time. we'll we're, we'll catch each other and be like, "Hey, we gotta, we gotta leave that topic for another time."
0: Or it to be hard because you're, you're, you gotta fill the time because you can't just go out there and snap three hundred times in right. practice.
1: You know what I mean? Yeah, you spend a lot of time trying to just kind of BS. Yeah, you know, and you're.
0: It's what we do on the sidelines. <laughs> I mean, I'm trying to take notes, but sometimes you're just screwing around. Right.
1: I mean, you're trying to talk about. Tress is always asking. You know, what's your big questions? And so we... He's still doing that. Oh, yeah. So we're... Uh, today, he had a good one about... In, since 2010, there have only been 10 college... Or 11 college football programs that have been number one in the AP at any time in the year. Really? Can you believe that? Only 11. Wow. And it took us forever to get the, the 11th one. But, uh, you know, it's that sort of stuff. Just kind of asking questions and seeing seeing who knows what and that sort of thing.
0: Um. T- Two more topics. You're back. How close were you to retiring, or ha- or feeling like you had to? Were you ever at that point?
1: Uh, I'd love to say no, but the thought my wife def- my wife and I definitely had a couple conversations. You know, laying up laying in bed at night, where we weren't really sure kind of how this recovery was going to go, mm-hmm. or once I was able to to start doing things, was it going to be enough time to prepare myself for a season and you know what was the time frame going to be with you know having to bend over so many times every day and that sort mm-hmm. of thing. So um there was def- there were definitely some question marks early on and it's even throughout the process. Um but really happy where how I'm feeling now and uh you know excited to be playing again and and feeling good. Good.
0: That's that's good to hear cuz we like having you around here. It's fun to talk <laughs> I like with. being around. Good. Then the last thing the LOL program and I wrote, you know, I For those of you who haven't seen it, there's been a number of stories written on this. I wrote one in July, and I enjoyed writing it because you get a chance to see the impact of this program, and I thought it was tremendous. And it just sometimes, like, just even for me, it brings, like, it kind of chokes you up when you hear about what it means to somebody who has a washer and dryer that they can use all the time. What's been the biggest impact on yourself for having done this?
1: Uh, So for those of you who don't know, LOL. Right, I'm sorry, I should explain that. Sorry about that. Loads of love. Uh, we install laundry centers in uh, schools and nonprofits all over the DMV. Um, the biggest impact on me, mm-hmm. um, I mean, I don't think you were there down in Richmond when we opened up a new site. No. That was a tough one. Uh, I mean, I had a whole list of things I wanted to say in front of the kids and volunteers and parents and just looking out, I couldn't get a single word out it was really? uh, yeah uh, that was <laughs> uh, that was a tough one for me it just it's a, um, an event like that where we we start at you know 9am with an empty room mm-hmm. and we leave at noon 1 o'clock and it's painted and everything yeah, installed you know it's uh, shelving and all, everything is there and it's ready to go It's uh, uh, that was something that uh, had a very a really big impact impact on me. Just the amount of people that it took to not only put the event together in the first place with you know the charitable foundation in such a short time from because our we you know we just closed our grant program like a month before right. that right so um, being able to get everything all the paperwork done and all that stuff to be able to even be inside the school that day to the you know hundred people that showed up to help. Uh, everything together and get everything installed and ready to go for the kids was uh was really ca- was really powerful and it was it was it's just crazy what when a bunch of people come together and want to do something good how much good you can do in such a short amount of time how many
0: places do you think it'll be in by the end of this year i think it last when you you were hoping for 150 events, yeah
1: now. um which is
0: pretty lofty
1: right because right now we well at, at the time the last time we talked we were in 47 right so we opened up five new ones in richmond okay while we were down there um and so now that's 52 uh we'd love to hit 100 because in the, the the deal is fully installed by the absolutely, end of the year absolutely. right not yeah. like hey we gave him the right, grant right, the right and it's in the process but fully installed and o- operational by the end of 2019 100 would be phenomenal um I keep telling them like we can do 150, you know. Right. Especially once the season starts and we get some fine money from guys. Right. We <laughs> <laughs> there, you there you
0: go. There you go. Right. <laughs> that. But that's uh, last thing on this. Uh, how for you, both you and your wife, because Flora had a big hand in this too, and the the idea originated from her reading the story, and you passed. It, you guys talked about it, and you came to the Redskins, and the Redskins kind of took it from there with your help. But how amazed are you at where it has gone? Do you sit back and just kind of shake your head once in a while?
1: Absolutely. Uh, And I think that was kind of one of the reasons that I broke down when we were down in Richmond at that event. Uh, Just, you know, if you think about it, Flora and I tried to do this on our own, and we started our own Mm -hmm. foundation, and, and, you know, she's an attorney even. But us trying to figure out the the amount of paperwork that it would take to, to install a fire hazard like a dryer inside of an elementary school, right? Yeah. Like, we would still we we might be just now figuring out how to get into one (laughs) school right i I believe if you think about it you know what the team was able to provide with from the charitable charitable relations standpoint just you know boots on the ground going and seeing sites and that sort of thing to um, the entire legal department helping out and making sure that you know there was everything every i was dotted and t was crossed and there was, you know, there were no issues in dealing with the with entire school districts. When hey, we want to go in eighteen schools all at, all at one time, you know that the amount of of work that it took by them, like her, floor and I would have would have been nowhere near where where we've gotten in just a, you know a few short years here. So, um, it's uh, I do stop and think like how lucky we are that they've really taken this project sure. and run with it and. And, you know, helped make it something of their own um, where it can and will grow for hopefully many, many years to come. And I
0: know Jane Rogers, who's no longer here, who is head of the Terrible Foundation, I think that's one of the things she was proudest of helping get that started before she left. So, you know, big impact on a lot of people. And again, do, do yourself a favor. Go research, read some of these stories. Redskins.com slash yeah, community you if go.
1: you want more information about it. There's a ton of info there. There's a donate tab if you want yeah. to help out. The Redskins Charitable Foundation every single, every cent of every dollar donated goes straight to programs to help kids
0: in the DMV. So, check us out. It's good stuff. After this break, John Bostic will join me to talk about snap bubbles and the one time he swore he saw them after he hit an opponent. Welcome back. Here's John Bostic. We're talking leadership, snap bubbles, and real estate. You seem to have kind of jumped out with like your knowledge of the defense and all that and mm-hmm. just your ability to play still even even this preseason kind of fast. Mm-hmm. So I'm just curious what your comfort level is so far in this defense.
2: Oh, I mean it's only gonna keep growing, you know. Um, for me, you know, when I say my my comfort level, my comfort level is, is, is great with the scheme, you know, but I I kinda take that level, you know, a little bit higher because, you know, I take it, you know, personal to, to learn each and every guy, you know, in this room, whether you know you're at the ones or twos, the or threes, or whatever. Um, you know, because I, I, you got to understand how guys think, you know, especially as a as a Mike linebacker, um, you know A guy like you may I don't have to, you know, remind you about this, but I understand, you know, he may be locked in. He gets locked in faster, you know, so I may have to tell him, hey, listen, you know, alert this, alert that, you know, motion over here, you know, watch out for this, because I know he always misses that. So as I start getting, you know, more comfortable with the guys that I'm playing around and whatnot, I mean, that's only going to help me and, you know, help this defense.
0: How do you feel about doing that? Because that's a lot of guys to learn.
2: I mean, that was how I was raised, you know, to to learn defenses like that. You know, when I first got to college, I mean, I was 17 years old. Um, you know, it was a guy named Tommy, you know, at the University of Florida, the graduate assistant. And every day, you know, I had to go in, I had to draw every defense up that we had. I had to, I had to learn every position, what they were doing, and why they were doing yeah. you know, A lot of guys, they'll know, like, oh, yeah, I'm blitzing, you know, or hey, I got to cover three, you know, but it's like, you know, but do you understand why you're covering three? Right. Do you understand why you need to stay low and inside? You know, because the coverage is. You know, this is the weakness of cover. If they beat us in here, there's nobody there. If they beat us to this side, we at least got somebody there, you know, to get them on the ground. Um, so, like I said, you know, it's the, the comfort level is only going to keep getting better.
0: But also, you talk about learning to, to get getting to know guys so you know what makes them tick and all that. How do you do that? Do you sit with them in meetings and pick their brains How do you go about, is it just watching them on film and studying other players? Or how do you go about learning them to that level?
2: Both, you know. Um... I mean, as you can see, I'm a talkative guy on the field, yeah. off the field. I'm um, talkative as well, but, you know, at times I can be very quiet and I'm very observant. You know, I see a lot of things, you know, and I just understand, you know, sometimes when a coach might, you know, get on a player or whatnot, you know, some guy may shut down, you know. So I know sometimes hey, if a coach gets on him, you know, hey, let's go pick him up and get him, get him going, you know, because he might be a guy that needs that. And you got some guys, like, they take it as a challenge, like, you know, like, hey, let's go. You know, I got to get this right. You know, so note that a guy like that I wouldn't have to worry about. You know, I just give him. Hey, let's go.
0: So you also talked. I remember after the first preseason game, there was a play mm-hmm. where there was a coverage play where you said it's mm-hmm. a matter of getting in sync with the safeties mm-hmm. too. Yep. Is that something that after the game is that where you go and talk to those guys and go over that play again just to make sure that hey, this comes up again, yeah. this is the icing. And, and
2: that's what happened, you know. After the game, um, you know, it kind of as a defense, you know, not not just us but as coaches as well, you know, we we cleared up that gray area in that defense, okay. you know, that hole's not there anymore. You know, there was a hole in that defense before, and you know, with the communication, it would have got fixed. But you know, like I said, I was used to working, you know, with the ones in there. You know, but um, regardless of who's in the game, it doesn't matter. You know, our defense is our defense. You know, right. it's not going to be all oh, the ones are in, all the twos or threes are
0: in. The other thing too is like when I'm when I'm watching, you, like the other night, you're, you're making plays off this defensive front. Mm-hmm. How good is that that front for a guy to play behind, and what can you do because of that?
2: Um, I mean, it's it's great to play behind. You know, for me, you know, I'm a linebacker, you know, and I. I tell them all the time, I was like, listen, you know, do your part up front. I was like, you know, I'll take care of everything else. So I'll make sure guys are in their gaps, you know, run game-wise. You know, I know I'm going to be in my gap, you know, run game-wise. Um, and, it's, you know, it's get ball get you know. I'm old school, you know, so I still believe in, you know, getting to the ball and getting there with bad intention.
0: When you see ball hit ball, where does that come from for you?
2: Mm, like I said, I'm, I'm old school, you know. I, you know, I got raised, you know, by a guy that played old school football, you know, uh, you know, that's, that's, that's what they believe, you know. My dad's coach was Larry Little, you know. Larry no. Little instilled that stuff. You know, Alvin Wyatt. um, you know, Simon McLaren. Like, guys, guys like that, like, you know. That's so what do you remember stuff your I dad's
0: li- old school like that? What do you remember growing up that's like, all right, this is what I went through that, you know, people's like, yeah, that's old school.
2: Um, I mean, just hitting bars, <laughs> you know. My dad uh, saying he used to always have, you know. and I was little, I didn't know any better. <laughs> As I got older, I was like. You know, you can't really do that, but I get what he was trying to say, you know, because I would always look for it. You know, I hit a guy and I'd be staring, like, in his face mask to see if I saw it. But my dad used to say, you know, like, you know, hit him until you see a snot bubble. <laughs> okay. And he was like, you know, make, make a snot bubble. And I literally used to hit guys and I'd be looking in their face mask, really? like, oh, well, I guess I hit him hard enough, you know, so I had to do it again. Um, Did you ever see something? Uh, once, like oh, in high okay. school. Oh,
0: okay. <laughs> Did you tell your dad, I'm assuming? I didn't tell him. I didn't
2: didn't want him to know what I was thinking when I was a kid. (laughs) (laughs) I just left it as it
0: is. You've also had to bounce around the last few years. And and watching you, I'm kind of trying to figure out why. Because you've looked pretty good since you've gotten here. So in your mind, why has it been the case like that?
2: Um, You know, uh, it's a a business. And, you know, I I get that. Um, You know, uh, I can't tell you, you know, why here and there you know there's been turnover at a lot of places I've been you know I mean you look at it you know head coach new head coach new general manager and these are things that you know you know when they usually come in they want to bring in their own guys and you know it's no hard feelings about that but I feel like you know really to be honest all I can do is go take care of you know what I can take care of and you know be the best team that I can be help this defense win in any way possible. Does it screw
0: with you a little bit though because like that's you know I mean you understand the business all that but it's
2: you know at first it did but then you know. It was it's some positives to it, you know. There's a lot of stuff I like to do off the field. Um, and if I would have never got traded, you know, the two times that I got traded, you know, which is rare to get traded once right. in your career, but to get traded right. twice and twice within the same year, like, you know, it's, it's rare. Um, but, I mean, I was able to meet some people that I wouldn't have met if I didn't get traded. And, you know, yes, I was already into – you know certain things that I was into off the field, but um, getting deeper into like it, what I'm, I'm in the real estate. So okay, um, you know getting deeper into real estate. You know learning about uh, you know just building properties. You know because I've all I, I own single family homes myself. Okay. um you know literally right before training camp, i close on number 19. So I'm at 19. You know single family homes. I rent wow. all those out. Um, so I mean, I'm trying to you know get some of these rookies to start <laughs> taking their money, putting it in the right places, and you know letting it work for them. You know, so when they walk away from the game, they got something to show for. Because you know, there's too many of us that are walking away, and you know, we got you know 500 tackles and no money in our account, you know, or whatever. You know, it's Just uh, so um, with that, and then you know, I was just be able to be exposed to a lot of schemes so i can i can play a lot of different positions um you know i mean in indianapolis you know i mean we, we do a little bit we'll play a little bit of cover two here but because i play so much Tampa, in my, my first and second year you know um we can do you know we could we, we did that in indianapolis you know they were like well if you can play that that middle of the field they were like we'll do it and then you know I mean shoot. Sure. You know, and I think we'll eventually probably get to it with this defense especially with that defensive line. You know, yeah, like I said that's something I did for the So you're basically years.
0: you spin your what your experience has been you oh, spin yeah. it positive. Yeah,
2: I mean like I said at first I was kind of down about it but then like I said I I changed that, you know, with my whole outlook of it and um, you know, it's it's been for the positive.
0: Last thing what's been what's kind of stood out about you for being here? Was anything stood out?
2: Um I mean I, I, I love my teammates, you know. I'm playing with you know a lot of a lot of guys, you know. A lot of Florida guys, and you know, I played with them at Florida. Um, you know, a lot of Alabama guys. Goes. Yeah, I <laughs> you know, can't can't say I like them in college, but you know, um, they're, they're really good teammates, and you know, we we really do got a good group, and you know, hopefully, you know, uh, going forward, you know, we keep this group together and we keep on you know, going.
0: And I apologize. the I last thing, because you bounced around like it's cut down day, and I know we're a couple. Of, you're mm-hmm. not going to get cut here and all that, but mm-hmm. in the past, what's that been like for you? Has it been anything? No, I mean, like I, I said,
2: the end of the day, you got to take care of. What you can take care of you know it's a business you know never never be surprised by it Um, you you know you never know what is being you know thought of you know all you can do you can control effort you know you can control
0: how hard you study how hard you work um, and just let the rest of it you know take care of you know itself you know have fun after this break I'll be back to give my two cents on the Redskins roster Welcome back. Here are some of my thoughts on the Redskins roster. I'm going to start with the receiver position because it is young, but I don't get the sense internally that it's as big an issue as it is to the outside world. The Redskins know that they lack a big-time guy. I don't think anybody would dispute that, nor could you. But I don't think they view it as being in any worse shape than a year ago. Now, that's taking into account that Jamison Crowder was here, but he was also hurt a decent amount. Um, But then when you look at Josh Doxon's productivity, it won't be hard to duplicate considering he only had a combined 79 catches in the last two years. I think that was an easy decision for them to make. um, Leading into the final cuts, I thought it best he was 50-50, and I wasn't sure which way they would go. It turns out that it doesn't sound like a lot of people were really sticking up for him. It sounds like maybe one or two guys were, but the rest of the group was on board with it. Anyways, this receiver group offers versatility because it has more size and toughness than it did a year ago. That should help in the run game. And I don't think it's just... I think it's what it is. It's also the combination of the size and toughness and the ability to help as a receiver. I think last year um, Floyd had, had size. He could help the run game, but he was bad as a receiver at that point in his career. Anyway, finally, the feeling is that Jay Gruden's offense can get guys open. And to an extent, I believe that's true. Just watching them this summer and over the past few years, especially this summer, though, I've seen more instances of that happening whether it's in practice or games. And I don't know if that's just all in Jay or if that's also influenced too with Kevin O'Connell, what he's bringing to the offense. We'll see. But what, what I saw this summer is just watch how they use those shallow crossers to extend inside linebackers in zone and sneak someone behind them over the middle. That has been there. And it's just a matter of if they get hit or not. However, Who's going to win a one-on-one versus man coverage? You knew what Crowder could do in those situations. He was quick off the line. Who will be the guy you can rely on when it's a money situation? Third down, red zone. That's where you need the young, your young talent to emerge. I think there's a good base here. We'll see where they go. I think also the issue with the wide receiver position is that it looks worse because of other problems with this offense. They need a group that can uplift a, a, a unit, and I don't know that they're at this point yet. But I think I like where they're going with it, but you still need you need that playmaker and, and it's hard to say that they have that guy. I like Terry McLaurin. He's improved as a route runner. I think he's tough. Um, you know, I like Kelvin Hardman's size. Robert Davis looked better. But are they at the point where they can, what, what can they do? And I think that's a big question. But again, I don't think internally it's as big an issue as it is with this next one, which is the left side of the line. And that's obvious. Nobody there would sugarcoat that any differently. Ultimately, I think Wes Martin becomes the starter at left guard, but that might not be for a few more weeks. Eric Flowers is Eric Flowers. You get what you get. And I don't think it's going to change a whole lot. Um, But that's why I think ultimately Martin becomes that guy. The game just needs to, quote unquote, slow down for him a little bit more. I think he's getting close. Donald Penn is 36. While he can be serviceable as a tackle at this point, can he last the whole season? And I think they need him to last a while. Jaron Christian just isn't ready to contribute at a starter level and I'm not even sold on him as being a third tackle because that third tackle usually has to play here and I think that's where you could get into some trouble and may even force Eric Flowers to go into tackle and Wes Martin at guard and we've seen Flowers at tackle so this will remain an issue all year and it's their biggest offensive hurt offensive obstacle that they have to hurdle. That leads to the Trent Williams situation, and this remains both stuck in neutral and fluid. I know Bruce Allen says that Trent will play for the Redskins or no one. I also don't doubt for a second that they'd trade him if they were offered something really, really good. What that is, I don't know yet. They're not going to get a Laramie Tunsell-type return. Williams is considered better. Tunsell is considered really good too, though. Williams is 31, hurt a lot, and will want to get big money and probably some level of a contract extension. How confident are you in him playing at 35 or 36 at a certain level? Not because of his talent, but because of the injury history there. Tunsil is 25 and a worthy long-term investment. I don't think that Williams is, and that will hurt the trade value. I would not be shocked if he were traded within a week. I would not be shocked if it lasted into the offseason when his trade value might be higher that assumes he does not report the season if he doesn't report by week 10 it means he the contract would roll over he'd still have 2 years left on his on his contract that would help the off-season trade value unless somebody gets really desperate at the trade deadline or or sometime soon it's just this could drag on for a while but again the way this goes i think anything is up for grabs i could see it happening anything that happens i'm not going to be shocked by if it happens today tomorrow whenever or in February. We'll see. There weren't any real surprises on defense with the roster, and that that line gives the Redskins a chance to have a good group. There are questions behind the front, the inside linebackers. What will they do? You know, Will Dunbar hold up? Um, but they do have a good young talent base. I love Landon Collins, what he adds. I think he and Monte Nicholson work well together. Um, overall, I think the roster with the Redskins, they're in a weird spot. They're getting really young and talented on one side, but I think caught in transition on the other with the coaching staff that needs to win now. Um, I think going forward after the season, you can look at it and maybe look at it and say, well, they have this good young talent base. They just need another good offseason and get this, whatever coaching staff is there, whether it's this one or the next one, um, get it squared away with another good offseason. But I think it just leads to some uncertainty and some big questions this season. I'm going to end on the quarterbacks because so much revolves around that position. They need Case Keenum to be something he hasn't really been in his career, a caretaker. He's more willing to try and make plays than a guy like Alex Smith was that also leads to mistakes. We've seen that this preseason. There are times he makes some really nice throws and good decisions and quick ones, and there are other times where he, he holds the ball a little bit longer and forces himself into the pocket, into pressure, and makes mistakes. Is he good enough to lift up that receiver position or to overcome the left side of the line? I think that's a that's certainly a big question, and and you could you know I'm not going to try and sell you that that he is the guy. We'll see. Colt McCoy is similar, but I think he's probably a little bit better, especially in their eyes. So if he gets a job when he returns in a week or two, whenever that leg is strengthened, then it could be about the same. I think you know we've seen what Colt can do. We haven't seen him stay healthy, and that always impacts his performance ultimately or his ability to keep the job. Um, but I don't know that, you know, I, both of but them, but in terms of mindset, they're both guys who will sometimes hold on to that ball and try to make some plays, and that can lead to some issues, good plays or bad. My guess is they have more confidence in McCoy at this point because of the experience in the offense, but again, right now it's Keenum, and he's going to have to, you know, again, limit those mistakes because with the run game with Darius Geis, I think they could be good, um, but you can't be turning the ball over and put what you have as your strength, which is the defense in bad spots consistently. As for Dwayne Haskins, he ended the preseason in a good upswing. Both fans and sometimes the media see one big throw or a couple big throws. Members of the organization watch all of them, and there are still ones where they feel he must improve. And, and they want to see him become more accurate when under duress in the pocket, something that was kind of true at Ohio State as well. That's an experience thing. I definitely feel like they still view him as a worthy long-term investment. He's just not at a point where they want him to start right now. But again, long-term investment. They're being patient. And I think this will give Haskins a chance to build a strong foundation for his individual game. And that, I think, is a good thing. The problem is that we've seen what this franchise has done in the past. And we all know there's a chance that he's going to be playing at some point this year. I just think that they need to get him more um, more experience with things or, or just more up to speed on various aspects of their offense. So that way, when he goes out there, he'll have a chance for some real success. Well, that's it for now. I appreciate Nick Sumberg and John Bostick joining me. And I appreciate you, as always, for listening. Thanks until next time.